Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Bibliostapes in Discussion. Today, I've got the pleasure of being joined uh, by Doug Chinnery. Good afternoon, good morning, Doug. Hi there, good morning, Ian. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Hope, hope, you're, hope you're keeping well yourself in, in these strange times. No, not so bad, Ian. Thank you very much. Um, anyway, as many of you will possibly know, Doug, um, based in the UK, and very much abstract intentional camera movement, ICM, and multiple exposure artist um, who uses photography as medium. Um, we'll get shortly talking about his uh, book, which came out last year, Abstract Mindedness. Um, but before we do that, Doug, it'd be great maybe just to, if you could give us an introduction to your, your artistic journey. Um, okay, yeah, sure. Um, I, I don't really uh, have any kind of background in art um, at all. I grew up in a house that was pretty much devoid of art. Um, right. Not, not even really pictures on the walls or, or anything <laughs> like that. Um, uh, and uh, so it, it, I, there was never any sort of um, encouragement uh, to get involved in art. We just yeah. weren't an artistic family. Right. Uh, that, that wasn't uh, the sort of uh, environment uh, that I grew up in. Um, but I loved art. I loved uh you know art at school and things like that yep. but i was shockingly bad at it um, <laughs> uh, so much so um uh, i i recount the story about the um, my, my art teacher uh he, his is the one report i can remember from school yeah um uh, mr choke his name was and he wrote on one of my art, art reports uh, doug's art is mediocre at best uh, and I was absolutely thrilled with this. And I can remember running home to show my mum. Yeah. Uh, yep. And uh, because I'd never heard the word mediocre before. Right. And, and I, I thought it must be something amazing. Uh, and my mum took me across to the, the, the Oxford Dictionary on the, on the bookcase and she showed me what mediocre meant. And of course, my world Lapsed. collapsed around me. <laughs> But, but he he was right, yeah. Mediocre at best probably was pushing it actually, um, you know. So, but um, I was very fortunate that I had a, a stepdad um, who was a keen photographer, um, right. and he bought me. Um, I'd had a, a Kodak Brownie and what have you when I was younger, and sort of snapped away with that. But he bought me um, a Russian Lubitel camera, um, a, a twin lens reflex camera, okay. yep. and he was the one who taught me about apertures and shutter speeds and you know film ratings all those kind of things they took me out uh, yeah. into the countryside and showed me how to use a camera and that's when I really got bitten uh, by the bug and so from then on I've always had a camera always made images um, and I think like a lot of people um, when I got married um, sorting out the house and settling into married life photography kind of went into the background it went from being yeah. like a keen hobby into being something that uh, was only done on holiday and things yes. like that. Um, but um, my wife bought me a, um, when, did, when the digital sort of revolution sort of got started, it, it suddenly came up on my radar again. Yeah. And my wife very kindly bought me a, a Canon um, 350D, probably a lot of people can remember those. It, yeah. was kind of, it was the kind of first digital SLR that, that was making the grade really. Okay, yeah. Um, and that really rekindled my interest. Um, and I started to sort of take pictures more regularly again, got, got it, got back into uh, photography and got much more enthusiastic yeah. um, about it again. Um, and I kind of fell into being a professional photographer um, purely by accident. Um, a, a friend of mine had uh, his wedding photographer dropped out with three weeks before the wedding. And I got this um, pleading phone call um, asking me to do his wedding photography because, as he said, he said, you're the only, uh, the only person I know who's got a big camera, um, was the way he described it. And of course, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't take people photos. Yes. Even then. I, was, I, I did, you know, landscapes and, and stuff like that. And uh, um, I sort of pleaded with him and sort of explained to him that that's just not what I did. But he was, he was so desperate, I agreed to do it. So that night I bought three books off of Amazon on wedding photography <laughs> and it was the advent of uh, reportage style photography and things like yeah. that. So, so I sort of genned up a bit like preparing for an exam and did his wedding. Yep. 
and it went okay and he was happy um and other people saw the photographs and started to ask me to do portrait shoots for them and shoot their weddings for them um and i hated it i hate yeah. it with a passion but um, my background is in sales and marketing and i kind of my brain sort of clicked into thought, well i could get a bit of money just to buy lenses and yes it's a kit and that's all I was interested in. So weekends and evenings, I did a bit, a bit of wedding and portrait photography and sort of pushed through the pain barrier of not really enjoying it. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, sort of do it, doing this for work. Um, I got asked by some friends because they, they saw my landscape photography and they didn't know how I did it. So they said, would you, would you, would you show us how you make your landscape pictures? Because you know, we're, we're trying to take these kind of pictures and, and they're not coming out right. Yeah. Um, and this was at a time I'm going back about oh, 15, 16 years ago now. Okay. Yeah. Um, there wasn't really a workshop culture in the UK like there is now. If you, if yes. you went to the back of outdoor photography magazine, there would kind of be light and land advertising there and maybe one or two other people yeah. were doing workshops and things, but there wasn't what there is now, you know, sort of 20 pages sort of adverts. Yes. People teaching. So I said to them, well, I'll, I'll take you out into the peak district. I'll buy your breakfast. I'll show you what I do. Yeah. If you'll just write me a, um, a testimonial, tell me what I did. Okay. What I did badly. Yeah, uh, and they did that, and we had a, a session out there, and I sort of taught them a bit about landscape photography, how to use filters, and, and all that kind of stuff. And then I put up on on Flickr um, uh, just a, a little advert under one of my pictures. I just said, you know, I'm doing a landscape workshop in the Peak District on this particular date, sixty five quid, yeah. and two people signed up for it. I don't know what I was thinking. You know, I'd never done it before. I don't know who I thought I was um doing such a thing but again it was just this idea that maybe it will earn me some money to to buy something yeah and stuff, you know uh, and i can still remember the two guys i'm i will always be eternally grateful to those two guys who put their trust in mm -hmm. me uh, one was a, a a guy from leeds uh, um and the other guy <laughs> uh, when i got his email and he booked um i was absolutely terrified because he had a a PhD from Manchester University, and I suddenly realised the implications. Uh, you know, you, that yeah. probably he knew more than you know. He probably forgotten more than I ever would know. You know. Yes. We came along, and we, you know, I, I did the workshop, and it, it kind of went okay. Um, and so I put another one up, and the next time, four people booked. Yeah. Um, before I knew where I was, I was doing these things on a quite a regular basis, and I, I slowly built up a a business around you know uh, teaching photography yep got into the magazines and things like that but i was still working as a a sales and marketing manager for a company but i had a boss who was willing to let me wind down and and gradually i was reducing my hours yep. um, at work it got to the um the the crash one of the economic crashes and he he called me into the office and he said look I want you to come back full time. By this time, I was only working three days a week for them. He said, because I want you to sort of, uh, he wanted me to go into Europe and, and sort of bring in more business from Europe and everything to keep the company going. Um, and at this time, I'd got to the point where the business had grown to the point where I didn't really have enough for it to be a business. Yeah. But I knew it's what I wanted to do. You know, I was yes. writing for magazines, I was mm -hmm. teaching, I was giving lectures, and I was, I was enjoying being a sort of semi professional by this stage, really. Yeah selling my prints and things like that um and uh, i can remember i slid the car keys across the table to him <laughs> and uh I, I left the company that day just just left right. a, a yeah, salary yeah. position and i had to go home and tell my wife <laughs> I, I left the, the company um and um just uh, got stuck in and um within 12 months my wife had left her job in the nhs she was a receptionist uh, sort of a, an admin receptionist person yep. in the nhs and she was doing the paperwork and everything for the business and yep. i really haven't looked back and so it's been a sort of a a move from being somebody who's just a hobbyist uh into you know being somebody who's done, who, who does this full time yeah yes and, and looking back an absolute bargain 65 pounds for one of your first ever workshops <laughs> 
Well, look, <laughs> oh, yeah, but back in that, you know, for two people to pay me 65 pounds, yeah. 30 pounds seemed like, you know, I, I just like it was just amazing, you know, that, that they that they would put their trust in me to teach yes. them was, was just so amazing. Yeah. Uh, and and I, I still feel that, um, you know, that people will um, put their hard earned money forwards yeah. um, and trust you to teach them and sort of pass on knowledge about what you know and yeah. your, your passion for what you for what you, you know, for what you what you do. Uh, I still think is amazing that people will do that. Yeah. Uh, because, um, you know, we're, I'm, I'm not, a, you know, I've, I've never been to university. I've never been to art college. I've, you yeah. know, or anything like that. I don't claim to be anything like that. Um, I'm just an ordinary person, you know, who's got a passion for what we do. So, yeah. And I, and I think when it comes to teaching, I think when you're, when you're sharing and teaching your passion, it's far, far easier, I think, maybe, or maybe it isn't, but I think it's, it's much easier to deliver and teach and share your knowledge with something that you're truly passionate about, as opposed to something that you maybe just happened to, you've learned about, and now you're just sharing all knowledge. I think when you, I think the, the passion really comes across and when, when you're delivering, uh, delivering to other people. Yeah. Yeah. I'd agree. Yeah. yeah. So moving on to talk about your book, Abstract Mindedness, which was published, I think it was last year by Kozu Books. Or, yeah, about yeah. A, yeah, about probably about 18 months ago. Months ago. Now, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So obviously it's uh, it focuses on a period um, of about 12 months where uh, from 2000, April 2018, roughly to April 2019, where you were, you shot a, 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 a collection of images and a body of work and several pieces of writing following that, following a, a breakdown, I think it was. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it, I, I, I must say, it's as I, as I said to you when we were t talking before, um, the work isn't a, a genre I, I, I shoot myself, but I, I love, I love, I love the book and I love, I love your work and I love other people's work similarly obviously I was speaking to Andy Gray a couple of weeks ago as well um, mm -hmm. and and I really enjoy just sitting down with your book and I think the journey that it takes takes you through from from April and 18 through to April and 19 or 2019 I think it's a, it's a wonderful journey and it's it's fascinating to also have the words and your poems and your writings to accompany the images. I, I think the balance works really well. And I think it brings an entirely different dimension and experience from what would be an ordinary photo book that many of us are used to seeing. And normally you'd see the foreword and then a whole selection of images. But I think the poetry that you've written as well really adds something and adds a different connection probably to how you were feeling at the time and, and what, what was going through your mind and, and, how maybe it relates to the images that you're producing at the time. And it's interesting. I really found it interesting reading your, your words on it, how maybe there was the expectation that the images would start off dark in April at the start and then slowly brighten up. And, and it, it wasn't the case. And, um, but, and it, it's the variety of images as well, which I really like it. As Dana was saying, there was, uh, I think, there was one image that, in particular, that just reminded me of walking around the Medina in Marrakesh. It was the wee small streets with the butcher shop at the side that wouldn't pass the health and safety in the UK, but it's very traditional to to what you to what you see over there, and and some of the the beautiful, uh, just the beautiful tones and the colours, really really touched me and made made a connection to so many places that I've traveled to myself as well. So I really just love to hear some background to, to, to the work and to the images and the, the process you've gone through as well. And also to the process you go through in creating some of the images, because as, as I say, it's, it's not a genre I shoot myself. Um, I know when I spoke to Andy, he says he looks at some of your images and thinks how on earth did he do that? And then works out how you've done it. I think how on earth did you do that? But I've got no idea on earth where or what's probably gone through, gone through in terms of how in terms of how it's been accomplished. So I, I'm really just fascinated to hear anything that you've got to share about your book. Okay, yeah. Um, so uh, the book came about uh, because um, uh, I was ill back in uh, early uh, 2018. I had a had a breakdown. 
um, just life had uh, conspired to sort of bring about a whole load of circumstances that had just yep. sort of got too much for me. Yeah. Um, and it sort of all came to a head and uh, I, I was uh, ill. And uh, for, for a couple of months, I was pretty sort of paralyzed mentally, really. I wasn't, couldn't do any work, couldn't take, sort of take any photographs, uh, couldn't really function very well at all. But um, after a couple of months or so, um, uh, I, I started to think a bit more about trying to get better. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, I think as creative people, you, know, you can perhaps relate to this. Yeah, we, we rely quite heavily upon um, our photography as um, a sort of solace and yes. as a relief from day to day life. You know, we, we, yes. tre we treasure the time we have with our cameras Absolutely. Out, out in the environment, you know, m making work. And so while at that point I, I didn't really feel inclined to make images, I, I kind of knew really that it was probably the best thing for me would would be to try and you know be creative or try and make some work um and i i was also uh, i i wondered how how it how what happened to me would affect the kind of work i would make yeah um and so i i i i approached greg at uh, kozu books um because greg had been asking me to do a book for a while he sort of intimated he wanted to do okay yeah and i'd never been able to um i'd never been able to agree because um i didn't really feel i had any work that was worthy of being published i didn't uh, i didn't sort of feel that anything i did um you know warranted a book by by any means but it but it occurred to me that um, maybe if if i uh had the goal of producing a book it yes. it, it would make me make work yep and there may be some interest in, you know, exactly what kind of work I would produce. It, you know, it might be different. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, and it's all credit to Greg that he he agreed to the project without seeing a single photograph. Yes. And with, you know, with with, with the very real um, issue that I may be sort of paralyzed and not be well during that year. I might actually not be able to deliver anything. So it yeah. could be a non-starter or it could be a disaster. It could be a, the, the dreariest, blackest, bleakest book ever, you know, that yes. would be almost unsaleable. Um, and so, yeah, I've got massive admiration. I've got massive admiration for Greg anyway, yeah. you know, for what he's done for the photography community yeah. in the book, you know, the, the energy and the professionalism that he puts into producing his work is amazing. Uh, you know the books he's produced for us as a community has been brilliant yeah and and he was he was very willing he had no hesitation to take it on as a project and he was encouraging all the way through uh, so that was the idea to kind of document the you know my recovery if you like if it i didn't know if i was going to recover or not how i'd yep. be i had no idea uh, but also i had the idea that um i would give the the profits of the book to the young minds mental health uh, charity nice. um both because of what had happened to me um and also in the in the previous uh, winter uh, i know a lot of people will will know that um very sadly chris friel's son joe had yes. taken his own life yeah um after a long period of uh, you know struggles with his own mental health um and chris and his family had um uh, been supporting the young minds mental health charity and, and i just felt it was a way of maybe sort of um you know supporting a charity that does amazing work absolutely uh, for young people who are really struggling these days yeah. with, with mental health issues um and so i thought well maybe some good might might come out of it from from that point of view as well so it, it gave me something to sort of stretch out for uh and, and to sort of get me out of bed in the morning yes um, and and to do some work so that that was the idea behind it um there, there was no intention at the beginning to put poetry in it to be honest okay um i wasn't you know I, I i wrote poetry occasionally but but during that year i started to write a lot more poetry um and as i say in the uh, introduction to the book while uh, as you alluded to you know the I, I think a lot of people expected the images to be very dark because you know i was suffering with depression yes. and everything coming out of a breakdown and then maybe if I got better, that images would suddenly get brighter. They'd all yep. be yellows and pinks, and you know, they'd all be flowers and sunshine. Yeah. And and I I didn't know. I kind of probably expected that as well myself. I was very surprised that the images really bore no relation to how I was feeling. Yeah. Right. And I, 
I think that speaks of what, um, to me, it, it kind of was eye-opening and it showed me that how powerful photography and perhaps other creative pursuits, it didn't have to be photography, but art, sculpture, you know, um, I don't know, knitting, anything can be. Yes. If, if you're struggling with uh, mental health issues, doing something creative um, can really be cathartic. It might be the last thing you want to do, but yeah. if you can just summon up uh, some energy to do, to it, do it, yeah, it, it can be a, a huge benefit. And what you produce very often doesn't reflect how you're feeling inside. It doesn't have to be bleak. Yeah. Uh, and so it, off somehow something else comes out of your subconscious and you, you, your mind is taken off what you're going through and it, and it starts to think about other things. And I think that's where the benefit comes. Something switches in your brain and, and that's where the benefit comes. It, it does take your mind off of maybe how you're feeling or what you're going through, even if it's for 10 minutes, five minutes, yes, 20 minutes. And gradually it's, it, it, it perhaps starts to help the healing process. So if, you know, if anybody's listening and they are struggling, um, you know, and maybe the last thing they're thinking of at the moment is picking up the camera and going out for a walk. I would urge them just to give it a try and just see what happens because, you know, it, it, it does work because it certainly helped me a huge amount uh, yep. during that year to produce the work. If anything, the poetry reflects my state of mind. Yes. Uh, that was very much coming from what was going on inside me. I can imagine. Uh, yeah. But the image is less, much less so, much less so. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and and in term and in terms of images, obviously, I'm a, I'm assuming that they're from a range of locations that you you perhaps were visiting and 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 wanted to travel to maybe to record some work in in that particular mind and in that particular time as well. Yeah. So so most of the work was um, so from about the uh, sort of late September October of that year. Um, I started to get back into traveling for work. I took yep. a, a bit of a sabbatical for yes. a few months um, and didn't really travel uh, at all. Um, and then um, I started to sort of ease myself back into teaching and traveling you know, with groups um, with Valda. And um, so, so some of the images or you know, quite a few of the images will, will have been taken on those uh, trips so you know there are images from you know places like Morocco and so on um, and Scotland and places like that um, yep. sort of scattered uh, through the book um, and um, but but, the, but in the book they're not they're not necessarily in a chronological order yes uh, um, you know uh, Greg did the the layout of the book so he, he's the one who's very good at sort of placing images and sort of th uh, theming the book and doing a a flow um you know uh, and so uh, he, he arranged the the order of the the books whereas the poems in the book are uh, in a chronological order through the book yeah i i think i think particularly with the poetry i think it works well in chrono chronological order because i think it's it's taking you through as you say it's the work has been the work has been photographed and shot over a year a period yeah. of a year i think it was and i think the poetry in a chronological order it takes you through the journey because as you say the words are probably very much how you were feeling at the time and yeah. i think you you really need to have them in the logical order because i think yeah the photography itself it doesn't there's, there's maybe not the same same requirements or necessity for for that to be in for that to be in in the same order and there's maybe a bit more flexibility in terms of sequencing so that it, it does work from a from a, a viewing point yeah. of view and a natural flow the, the sequencing would have been a car crash if we'd have uh, done it yeah chronologically. <laughs> that yeah the images just wouldn't float at all and, and, it, and it would have yep. been a hot hotch of images jumping from one thing to another and yes uh, you know um i i i um I, I think uh, photo books work best when they've been sequenced very carefully, you know, when images are paired up on opposing pages. Absolutely. And, uh, and, and when they've been very carefully edited so that the theming and the sequencing has been taken into account uh, a great deal. If, if this had been done uh, sequentially, it would have been all over the place and, and would have just looked disastrous. Uh, yeah. So yeah. But Greg, Greg did a brilliant job. He did all of that. Um, I had, no, you know, he he sent me all the proofs. Yes, uh, to go through and everything, 
um but you know what he sent me was brilliant I, I can't remember if i made any changes they would have been very subtle suggestions or you know we would have discussed one or two bits and pieces but on the whole he really nailed it he's very very good at that so yes well that that's it and you benefit from as i've said to others you you benefit from his experience and knowledge of of, of doing these things and yeah. um and i think it's always good when you've got someone who can take a clean look with a fresh pair of eyes at your work that doesn't have the emotional connection particular, yeah. um, because you you've they've not got the they've, they've not got the connection to to some images that maybe are particularly personal to you as the as the artist that you think well i really really like that one i really yeah. want that in but yeah. in fact someone the fresh pair of eyes says it's a lovely image but in terms of the overall sequence and the flow of the book it doesn't work as well as perhaps right. this yeah. image does yeah greg picked images that uh, some images that uh, I was surprised that he'd pick them because right. he he gets you or he got me certainly to send him far far more than uh, is in the book and then he was selecting yes. the ones uh, to go into the book um, and uh, you know he he did some pairing up that uh, you know I, I would never have thought of that um, yeah. and you know I I think anybody who's done sequencing I don't know if if people have done panels for the RPS or any of those kind of things where they've done their own sequencing you'll you'll often know that sometimes you have to sacrifice an image you're very passionate about just yes. because it doesn't fit it spoils the flow and, and actually it makes the the flow weaker so whereas a, an image maybe you're not so passionate about once you put it into a sequence it elevates the strength of the other images so yeah absolutely i think for anyone who's sequencing i think the first the biggest hurdle to overcome is when you've got to sacrifice your favorite image in a sequence for the first time and yeah. it's once you can do that you can do it to, you can do it to anything but but it is it's everyone says well i really really like that image i want to try and make it work and you know in the back of your mind it doesn't work but it's it's just getting to the point of of throwing it of throwing it away but uh, and and how over the course of over the course of the year where did you find that making the images became easier and more not of an more of a natural flow again yeah at the start it was very very difficult yeah. uh, I, I i was struggling mentally yeah um and uh, yeah it was very very hard and i i can remember sort of being in in around the sort of september time and being quite worried that you know maybe i'd bitten off way more than i could chew and yes this, this was going to end up being a, a sort of four-page pamphlet rather <laughs> than a book uh you know I, I really did think i was going to let greg down uh, to be honest um as uh, time went on uh I, I i seemed to sort of pick up the pace a bit yeah uh, and i had one or two sort of sessions sometimes out with the camera i don't know about you but i don't know sometimes you just seem to have a good day absolutely and 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 everything you know those magical moments when things all sort of gel and yeah. the planets align and everything works for you it clicks from the first shutter yeah and yeah and you, you you get a you almost get a little project out of uh, out of one day's work or something absolutely um, and and that can give you a real lift so i have one or two sort of little epiphanies like that uh, through the year that which really helped um uh my mum died sadly that year uh in in the uh, in the November, um, and uh, although that was a you know a terrible thing, um, it did spark some work as well. Yeah, um, I, I, I suppose um, I don't know. Um, creative people can be driven by good things and bad things right. happening to them. Yes, um, you know, and that was a, a bad thing that happened, or you know a terrible thing that happened. Yeah, but um, it, it did. Um, uh, creating me a, a need to make some work somehow so I, I i made some work around that time for example so not not something i particularly like to think back on but at the time it, it there, there was a sort of a creative spurt then in out of a need to try and get something else out of me i suppose i don't yeah. know or, or or to or to block out what was happening i don't know you know i suppose yeah and, and in terms of the time obviously it's a year was that something that you'd pre-agreed with greg in in terms of just a, a, a period of 12 months to see yeah, what was produced it, it, from that it seemed like a logical uh amount of time it was, yep. it was it was enough time um and uh it wasn't too long wasn't too short yeah um and it, it made me knuckle down and get get on with it 
um, you know, if we'd have said, oh, over the next year or two, let's see what happens and we'll, we'll, we'll do a book yeah. maybe next year or the year after. You know, I don't know about you, but I, I work best when I'm under pressure to, to work Absolutely. to a deadline. Yes. Uh, you know, um, so, uh, yeah, it, it, it was ideal, really. Um, and I, I sort of uh, tried to coincide it. I did a, um, a sponsored walk up Snowden as well. Uh, I remember seeing it. For, for, for the charity. And, yeah. I, and so I sort of, I, I purposefully coincided that for around the release time of the book as well i thought that might raise a bit of publicity for the book and yeah and what was going on and everything and for the charity so it, it all kind of was you know let's see uh you know how i how i do in 12 months let's see if i can get to that point where i can do that yeah uh, so that that's where i was with it yeah yeah and in, in terms of your work since then do you do you think it's influenced your your more recent work? Um, I think before before the book, uh, I was really struggling with my work. I wasn't happy with it at all. Yeah. Um, and um, I, I don't. I wouldn't say I'm um, I'm delighted with what I do now either. Really. Yeah. Uh, but it 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 made me more convinced than ever about the the benefit of working in projects yeah working to deadlines uh and and not just producing um standalone images yes uh, you know as, as a landscape photographer i always used to go out with the with the view of if i just get one good image today i'll be happy yeah uh, and what what I ended up with as a landscape and outdoor photographer was a, a portfolio of, of just trophy images, yeah, which, which didn't say anything, which were pretty much the same as everybody else's. Um, in fact, most other landscape photographers did far better job than I did, uh, and and the work was just a um, a collection of oh, another sunrise at Durdle Door, another misty morning in a bluebird woodland, and so on, and and it and it. it it was uh, it, it lacked any meaning or or, or anything uh, and and there was a uh, a risk that you know even my icm and my multiple exposure kind of work was going to go down the same path that yeah uh, and so very much around that time i was getting much more switched on to uh, trying to think of working in small groups of images Yes. Maybe even if they were just taken on the same day, yeah, uh, that was fine. It didn't have to last a year. It could be a project that lasted a week, an hour, yeah, a day, a month, whatever. It didn't really matter. But small bodies of work that, that hung together, um, and maybe there might be one image which would be the one that would be, end up being printed, but the other images were the sort of supporting cast, that kind of thing. Yeah, it might be tied in with a poem, or it might be it might be connected to I don't know a piece of. Uh, history about a place or a piece a folk story about a place or yeah. uh, just an idea you know it, it didn't have to be anything monumental not not about saving the planet or or anything it could just be about the beauty that i saw in a particular location or something like that um, but but very much a change in my mental approach to making work yeah all sort of happening around that time yeah yeah i, I think it's i think it's a very nice way i personally i, I haven't started making some handmade books and things myself i find my my approach it's now about small projects small bodies of work and yeah. as you as you you said really nicely even if it's just one day and you come back half yeah. a dozen images or something like that, it tells a narrative it tells a story there, there don't need to be any wow images in there but it's a nice sequence that all works together that that, that reminds you of that moment in time um, and I, I enjoy working that way now and I think it's changed my whole approach to how I go out and it's I don't need to stand in the same spot for four hours I'll happily explore and pull together different yes, images yes. that all complement each other um, yeah. and it, it's an, I find it's a nice way and I, I can I also find I can make better use of what time I have available for photography yeah. by doing that and I feel as it gives me, gives me more of a productive output I'm not saying the standard or quality is any better or any worse than I would have done previously, but I feel as though I, I could produce more more work by by operating in that way in the in the in the short time that I've got and, and at the at the moment when I can't get out at all effectively. But yeah, it, it's a it's a different approach, and I think 
a different approach suits everyone and, and suits how we all want to operate as as artists as well. Absolutely, I agree. Yeah. And in, in terms in terms of the book, are there any particular images that have special meaning and importance to you within within it, or 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 is it was it was it more on the basis of it? Well, this is this is this is the work that I'm producing. Are there images in there that really speak to you, or or you remember for specific reasons? Uh, the, the 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 main ones, um, and that I, I produced a sort of a small body of work, um, as I said, around uh, the death of my mom. Yes. Um, and there's a there's a small panel of images, um, and I think there's one or two in the in the book, um, which are um, almost white, um, just white white shapes, white squares, yep. blocks, uh, and things like that. Um, and and I wrote a poem um, about uh, my mom's death. Um, and and that that sort of body of work that 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 project you know really means a lot to me. Yeah, you know, it's it's um, it's 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 bad memories, but um, I don't know. It was just a um, it got me through a very difficult time. Yeah, kind of um, I don't know. Somehow it was it was cathartic. Yeah, very nice, lovely. So moving on to talk about other books, obviously this is a podcast and website about uh, photography books in general. So I'm always uh, very curious to hear what uh, books um, interest you, intrigue you and, and inspire you. So maybe you could, maybe you'd be delighted to share three or four of your books, hopefully um, yeah. they don't cost me too much money because I end up with a huge, big, long list of uh, books to add to my collection. But uh, yeah, it'd be great just to hear maybe three or four suggestions from you. Yeah, I'm looking at your bookshelves behind you. You've got a very impressive array of bookshelves behind it's, it's you. A, it's a big bookshelf, yes. <laughs> it's an amazing construction, yeah. I'm very, very <laughs> jealous, I've got to say. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I've got quite uh, eclectic tastes uh, in photography books. Um, I've got to say, uh, if if anything these days i probably buy more books on art yep. rather than photography, photography. yeah uh, i've sort of taken up an interest in painting as well as photography Lovely. yes uh, i'm as my art master said it's <laughs> mediocre at best but um so i you know i'm i'm trying to learn a lot more about art and let the art inform my photography but i still i love um photography books um so some that uh, i'd wholeheartedly recommend one i'd one i think every photographer should read um and it, it it's a it's a photography book and it's got um you know photographs in it but it's also an autobiography um is uh, sally mann's book uh, called hold still um and while it's not just a, a straightforward picture book um yeah. i think it's one of the best books that's not about photography, but is about photography. Okay, yeah. That I've read is absolutely brilliant, and I would thoroughly recommend any photographer to read it. Um, she writes about you know the creative process and approaching her work uh, and her life as a creative person in a in a, a very very engaging way. Uh, you know, an amazing life, um, amazing thought process. Her work is inspiring. Um, you know her whole approach to you know the, the the creative life I think is is amazing, um, and I I absolutely adore that book. So uh, that's one I'd, I'd highly recommend. Um, it's a book by uh, a guy called Nick Turpin called um, On the Night Bus, uh, right. which I I really love. Um, it's I think it's published by uh, Hoxton Press. You know, it's a Lovely, small, really nice, yeah, really nice small. Uh, publisher um and he did a whole series uh, of work whole body of work he stood on this elevated uh, platform i think it's outside a sort of a i don't know a council office or something yeah in, in london with a long lens on his camera uh and he, uh, in the night uh, in the winter photographing people through the windows of buses this is lovely so the buses are lit up on the inside and he's on the outside the buses are covered the windows are covered in condensation yeah yeah. And it's people, uh, it's a kind of sort of meditative um, sort of study. You're kind of looking into their lives. But there's people asleep with their heads leaned up, leaned up getting the glass, people yeah. on their iPods and 
people talking and he's captured all these characters you know i'm, I'm not a i'm not a people photographer but it, it, it is magically beautiful it, yes. it reminds me of the work of saul leiter and people like that it, it's kind of abstract but it's portraiture and it's night photography and it's all about color yeah absolutely beautiful it's a small book but it's absolutely beautiful i think it's a fantastic body of work yeah um, so i'd really recommend that um and there's another book by a guy called martin usborne um and it's called the silence of dogs in cars um and that is another beautiful beautiful book if, if people you don't have to be a dog lover to to buy it yeah um the the, the images are staged um so he, he, he would find these most amazing cars uh, and then get these dogs in the cars and, and set up these sort of scenarios. So you would have, I don't know, it might be a Volkswagen Beetle uh, in an old garage, you know, an old ramshackle shed or something like that. But beautifully, but the, um, just, the, just everything about the photographs is beautiful. Um, again, probably a bit odd you know, for me being a sort of a creative photographer and having a background in outdoor photography that i would pick something like that um but uh, it, it's a, it's a beautiful work and then probably the last one i would pick uh, is a book which is probably very very hard to get now uh and it's by chris friel and it's called um, moving pictures um and i think it's quite rare it's very hard to track down so i'm very um very pleased i've got a copy of that um i really um credit the fact that I do what I do is entirely down really to Chris Friel. You know, I was at a point with my landscape photography where I was very disillusioned with it. Yeah. And uh, I was really on the verge of giving it up because I just didn't feel that anything I did was going to add anything to photography. You know, I didn't think the world needed another picture of, you know, sunrise at Bamber Castle. Yes. And, uh, um, so, I, you know, I, I was in a, a place where, you know, I, I didn't know whether I wanted to carry on. And I came across Chris's work one day on Flickr. Yep. And it was life changing seeing what well, I'd never seen anybody use a camera like Chris used the camera. Um, and I can remember emailing him that day. I spent about two or three hours on his Flickr stream going right back. Uh, I'm, and I'm going back about eight or nine years now. But I went right back through his Flickr stream. There's about three or four years of, of work there back then. Uh, and, and I was just mesmerized and dumbfounded. I couldn't work out how he did what he did. I'd never seen ICM before. Yeah. He was using tilt and shift lenses. And, uh, and, and he looks at the world completely differently to anybody I know. Uh, he's, he's, he's got a spirit of adventure with cameras and photography. He's always pushing away at the edges of photography. He, he doesn't, uh, he, he's, he's not um, afraid of, putting something up for people to look at and make judgments on you. Yeah, he's always experimenting. And I, I, I really admire his restless mind uh, and, and his sort of quest for something different. Um, and, he, you know, every three or four weeks, he's doing something different. I just think it's amazing. Um, and so, you know, if I hadn't have seen his work, when I, when I emailed him, I said, you, you know, you've changed my life today. Yeah. And he really did from that point onwards. I mean, I, I spent the next year's two years trying to be Chris Friel, <laughs> which is a waste of time. Yes. Um, but it but it convinced me that I wanted to move into that kind of genre yeah. of photography, this <clears throat> kind of in, painterly impressionistic, what, however you want to describe it. Yes. Um, you know, and then along came multiple exposures um, and, uh, uh, and so on. And so, you know, sort of the rest is history. Um, but so, uh, you know, any of Chris's work, I would always encourage people to buy any books that he produces or, or anything like that um, because I just think his work is, is amazing. Yeah, absolutely. I've got one of them myself and yeah, I agree. They're really very, oh. very nice. And... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how he thinks the way he does. He's just got uh, yeah, an amazing mind and an amazing approach. Indeed. Yeah. Well, some wonderful suggestions there, which I will be going away to Google uh, very, very shortly. And as I said before, it's always as you, when you were talking about uh, the dog, the book and the dogs, and you were saying it's it's a strange one because it's not what you would shoot. I found speaking to a whole variety of photographers and artists on the podcast that uh, quite often, or quite often, in fact, more often than not, 
the books that they suggest do not correlate to the work that they're that they're producing, but they have particular meanings or uh, connections. It might be the first book that they they got when they were a youngster that really got them into photography, or it's just a particular book that they've picked up and they thought, "Wow, that's that's really nice." So it's always really it's always fascinating and really interesting to hear what other photographers and other artists suggest because it takes it takes me and it hopefully maybe takes some other listeners down a different route of exploring and coming across new bodies of work and new genres and new styles that they otherwise it may they may never have uh, may never have come across all these different creative people can you know what they do can inform what we do Absolutely. you know, can just learn something about color or composition or just the you know it might trigger an idea for us to to you know that we can sort of somehow put into our work or you know alter the way we think about art and creativity you know there, there is only benefit from looking at other forms in this in the same way that, that you know I, I look a lot more at sculpture now yeah uh, uh, ceramics i look at now i look at textile art now i yes. never would have dreamt of doing that 10 15 years ago yeah um, and you know i get huge benefit from looking at all these other creative uh, arts uh, and letting it sort of feed in uh, to what I do. Have yeah. you got any? Have you got any unusual books that you love that are sort of not in your world of you well, know, kind of? Well, 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 I suppose in terms for for me, it's like I I I don't shoot. I don't certainly shoot the genre that you photograph or or the likes of Paul Kenny or Andy Gray or Valda. And uh-huh. so I suppose from that point of view, I've got I've got books there that I don't shoot I don't shoot people at all I've never shot people I've no interest and I've got some lovely portrait books as well which again I just love sitting down I've got some of the Hoxton mini press books as well which again and also street photography I I I, I, I love sitting down, particularly with the the one in uh, London on the night bus. I will be going to take a look at because I find that I find all that beautiful and such storytelling as well yeah, and, and there's yeah, a there's a tale to everything i picked up uh, ragnar axelson's book oh, uh, yeah. faces of the north recently and, and, and again it's like yeah. you look you look through the book and you stop at every picture because every picture there's a story about yeah. the, the the fisherman or the fisherman's wife or or whatever and, and it's yeah. it's the tales that they tell so they are all things that I personally wouldn't go out and shoot myself, but I love it and enjoy them all. And it's it's really nice just to sit down and take in and, and enjoy. And also other countries and other locations, I've, I find I love to travel. That's where my passion from f- photography, I suppose, stem from is from from traveling that I've been fortunate to do with my wife. And it's uh, I love just looking at books from other countries and scenes and scenarios. And it's, uh, I've got one which is Tokyo of Tokyo streets, but it's all the wee side streets in Tokyo where you've got all the wires, the electrical cables, and people think, oh, it's such an advanced country. Why why is there cables everywhere? You've got earthquakes so often that it's far better. And again, I just, I find... I've got a lot of Japanese books. I, I love Japan. I find the, the the culture and the country just absolutely fascinating, and uh-huh. I really just enjoy looking and 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 soaking in the atmosphere, soaking in the sights and what other people see. So that's any book really. I will sit down and look at, and it's. Um, but at the same time, I, I love the landscape books because they give me inspiration and ideas for places that I might want to visit, and or or maybe when I'm sitting processing work or working on images is just taking some inspiration from books that are maybe similar styles or different locations or the same location. And it's, it's all fascinating. I I agree with you. I think what we all take in inspires us and informs us and impacts um, on, on what we might produce in the future and how we might see things differently. And yeah. I like how you, I like when you're talking about textiles and ceramics. My my wife is trained in textiles, and both of our, yeah. yeah, both of our parents are painters and artists. So it's oh, very good. interesting to take all their influences Definitely, yeah. in as well. So um, 
yes, it's it's and and it's it's you when you were telling your story about your art teacher, it made me laugh because when I was in high school, I had no artistic ability. My parents certainly thought I had no artistic ability. And my my teacher art said, Ewan is a talented artist and should be taking this further. And my mum and dad specifically went to see the art teacher just to make sure he was writing about this, right? He was writing about the correct <laughs> child. <laughs> and at that time, I didn't take it any further. But yeah, I look back and I think, well, I enjoyed certain elements of it and I, yeah. I enjoy what I do now. So um, it's strange how things come full circle. But it's, 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 a, it's the small things you remember that. It's <laughs> amazing. Yeah. yeah. So, but it's, it's been a, a pleasure chatting to you, Doug. Thank you very, very much for your time and for sharing some insight oh, behind you. behind your work. It, it's it's really nice, and it's uh, thank you for 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 supporting the, the project as well. And um, hopefully, other people and I'm sure there'll be many people out there who will um, enjoy sitting down, listening to this, and and looking through your book as well. And um, before we finish, I would I'd be delighted if you would. Uh, maybe read one of one of your poems from from the book because I, th I think it's they've got such meaning and such a connection between the work it's it's not just about the images it's, it's about the words as well uh okay yeah i'll do that for you yeah um i've uh, i've got one here it's uh, yep. uh down near the end of the book um it's called um my guernica uh it says um do you remember the time that time not long ago, it seems when I lost my mind, somewhere, somewhere so hard to find, stumbling through that unmapped place, a mire of untrodden ways, fleeing in haste. And for an eternity, I wandered, lost and alone, fighting tangled roots, clawing thorns and jagged stone. Fleeing my demons in mindless fear and blindless flight, heart divided between hell, dark night and forgotten right, struggling, struggling in my own turbulent grey Guernica, until gradually, gradually with turning earth and dawn's early blue light, I dimly grasped the horizon's threaded glimmer, gold and slight. And there, tentatively to find, I think, Something of my old soul, though not entirely me, but metamorphosed now, less free, a shadowed mist of what I once was, as if an echo, not whole. And so a fragile wall I've built so the scars don't show, while still inside, like a long-held deep regret, the ghosts still haunt my mind, not letting me forget, but patiently I lie, waiting for this storm to subside, fetus curled against the tide, trying, trying to put the pieces back and fighting, fighting the guilt for all those I lack. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Doug. Uh, it was a pleasure chatting to you. Thank you, Ian. It's been a privilege. Thanks. <laughs>